Hi, everyone, and welcome to the GoTech Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. Evan. I'm Matt. And this week, we are going to recap the 2022 baseball season as a whole. The highs, the lows, and some things, probably most things in between. Uh, let's get started with Matt. What do you? How do you feel like the season went as a whole? Well, I didn't think Tech was going to compete very well at all after having lost some key players. I didn't think they were going to be the worst team in Kusa. I thought more middle of the pack. And there were times towards the beginning where I thought maybe they were just going to be really, really bad. And then uh, I think ultimately finished with a much better record than I thought they would achieve. I never would have imagined they'd win the the conference tournament that was that was that's like a top five moment for me since i be since i became a fan of the school's athletics uh that was awesome so my expectations were wildly succeeded i didn't think that they'd compete very hard in regional so going out with a you know with the with the conference tournament win or champions and just making it to a regional and at least grabbing one game was was more than enough for me so i'm highly satisfied if we're looking towards the future things like having a brand new things like having a brand new facility things like making regionals twice you know two years in a row winning a conference title a tournament whatever you want to call it all helps bring in good players so i hope this isn't the end it'd be a real shame i don't know what's going to happen with burrows because this type of sustained success eventually lures coaches mm-hmm. to better and bigger programs um I remember when I was working at Office Depot in Ruston, the uh, somebody affiliated with basketball came in and I said something to the effect of, oh, I don't know how much longer we're going to have Mike White. And she was like, oh, no, he just bought a house. He'll be here forever. And then like three weeks later, he went to Florida. <laughs> so uh, I don't know how long Lane will actually be here. Uh, it didn't take long for Greg Goff to get hired away, which was a colossal failure on his part. But Lane has wildly has pushed the team into wild success. And eventually that's when bigger teams start calling so i hope not but i'm kind of curious about that because baseball you don't have as much difference between the highest paid coach and the, and the least paid coach I, we looked this up a while back but it was something like the vanderbilt coach was being paid somewhere in the, the realm of like a million and a half a year and the tech was paying around 500 grand at, at most it was something it was something in that neighborhood where it wasn't orders of magnitude of the uh the nick saban pay versus the skip holtz pay but sure, I don't. So, I don't know what what Burroughs could yeah, do elsewhere that he can't do at Tech. Yeah, yeah I, I don't think Burroughs makes. I think he makes like around one hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand. So I, I don't know. Um, right. Well, his salary in twenty sixteen, his salary was one twenty five, but that was when he was first hired. So he could squeeze some more money out of this run, though. Yeah. So um, they extended him. Did this? But even with an extension, he could easily be hired away and. I've got a pretty good feeling that that's not outside the realm of possibility. Oh yeah, his name's already being tossed around on the shortlist for like the Baylor job, for example, or you know, um, people at Ole Miss want to fire their coach and hire him, for example. So I don't know though. I mean, I, I certainly hope we don't lose him, right? <laughs> yeah, but. I I I don't see a way in which uh, I, he's not going to be here for much longer. I don't think, and that might shoot tech right back down to the sellers are at least middling mediocrity, but it was fun while it lasted. Yeah. And, uh, I could be wrong. Maybe Lane will stay. The new recruits will stay. They won't just bail. Cause he bails. Uh, Cause he won't bail. So instead everyone stays. Uh, 
I'm not going to set some expectation for next season, some outrageous expectation, like saying, oh, Tech, to improve on this, they have to not only win the CUSA tournament next year, they have to make it all the way to a super regional next year. Uh, I'm not expecting that, but it sure would be cool. Yeah. It, re- it, it would be really, really cool if Tech uh, could just make it to a super. And I'm not going to get any more carried away and say uh, they'll make it all the way to Omaha, but that would be that'd be the greatest thing ever. I'm it's the most surprising sport at Tech of the last two three years. Baseball, uh, Tech's never really been a baseball school. I don't think they are right now even, but it's been fun. I never expected them to be as good as they have been the last two years. It's been a really it's been really fun. So I'll just uh, surmise this by saying. It was a great season. I'm super happy, and I hope I can get some Kusa Champion merch uh, here before it's uh, before too long. Yeah, can we actually talk about that first? I, I know you, you, you have to drop. Hat. <laughs> yeah, you can get the hat, but they still haven't put the shirt on this on the online. I'm not convinced that the hat's in the store because looking at Barnes and Noble's website, it looks like they have a bunch of fanatic stuff in there now. So I'm guessing that Barnes and Noble is starting to transition to work with Fanatics, who runs MLB Shop, NFL Shop, NHL Shop, NBA Shop, to do all their college stuff as well. So does that hat actually exist until it's ordered? Is it a print-on-demand hat? I I doubt that's in the bookstore. We haven't seen it from their social media. That's right. I guess I don't know. Uh, my sister's going for me tomorrow, so we'll we'll see. I guess <laughs> <laughs> she's going to buy me a shirt. Um. So yeah, I, I don't know. Well, you guys enjoy. I'm uh, going to get to bed. Um, good night. <laughs> Bye, Matt. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, unfortunately, Matt had to drop pretty early on, but uh, it was great to get his initial thoughts about how the season went. Evan, what were your kind of overall feelings as the season came to a close? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think Matt's absolutely right. This is a very, very good season. Um, you know, 43 wins, I think, is the second highest total in uh, in tech history. Uh, behind the 87 season uh so you know obviously winning the conference championship the conference tournament uh for the first time in you know how however long 35 years or whatever like yeah like obviously that is a huge accomplishment can't be overstated and i talked about on our last episode last week about you know, just never wanting to take going to regionals for granted. I mean, actually, I hope I hope we get to the point where I'm just like, ah, another regional. Who cares? Right. Yeah, <laughs> the, the LSU baseball thing where they just assume they're moving to the super regional. Right. And and like, yeah, I, I would love to get to that point. But for now, like going to back to back regionals and getting to go to them, you know, in person, like after kind of living far enough away from tech sports where I didn't really get to many events. Um, it's just, it's just really special, man. And getting to watch, um, the end of, of steel Netterville, Taylor Young, Kyle Krieger, Jarrett Wharf, you know, these guys who are not only very good baseball players and seem like decent, decent people too, from what I can tell about them. Uh, but also like these are program building guys, right? Like when they got here, when Taylor Young and steel Netterville got here, we were not a team that is pick to win the conference, right? We're not a team that's picked to even necessarily go to the conference tournament. And then, you know, God, we could go into the tornado stuff, but we're talking about this season, right? Like getting to see those guys go out the way they did. I mean, Taylor Young, 
just having the best year of his career, moving to shortstop and still fielding at that rate. And just, I mean, just incredible seasons from both of these guys. Um, and, and Kyle Grigger too, right? Like just to see those guys go out on top, right? It, it's just so proud, right? It makes me so proud of our program and where we're at now. And, you know, obviously I want to still be playing. I want to be previewing, uh, or right now I'd want to be recapping our super regional win on the way to Omaha. But, um, you know, it's that, that can only happen for eight teams. Right. And we were one of the, one of the best teams in the nation, but, but it didn't get it done, uh, in the, in the postseason. But, you know, that doesn't mean that it's anything to hang our heads about. Right. This, this was a great year. Yeah. To go with a, an odd extended metaphor, something that always kind of trips my mind is let's say you take 64 people and you put them in a rock, paper, scissors tournament. One person ends up winning a game of rock, paper, scissors. Was that like eight times in a row, six times in a row, something like that? Yeah. It takes more than skill. I mean, rock, paper, scissors is a game of luck, if nothing else. But the fact that if you take a tournament of 64 teams, 63 go home unhappy go home, not the champions. And yeah, Tech didn't really, they had a chance to win the whole thing, but it would have been a long shot chance to even get to get to Omaha. That's why they weren't a regional host. That's why they weren't a super regional host, how they won the regional. But it, it kind of stinks because the way that sports work a lot of times is that you have an amazing year. And for every team but one, if you have an amazing year, it still ends on a loss. Yeah. And so yeah. to lose to Air Force and what felt like an anticlimactic end to a season that had a lot of excitement to it, that by itself just kind of sucks. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the season was great. We had some great moments. I don't think we we were able to top the uh, hitting a walk off off the <laughs> the opposing shortstop, but we got oh. close to it. <laughs> oh man, no, um, definitely I'm curious. didn't top that this year. Um, yeah. I'm curious though, because we, I, I think the the Steel Netterville walk off to win the championship game, I think has to be your favorite moment, my favorite moment. Matt, who's not even on the call anymore, his favorite moment. But was there another moment that kind of jumped out to you from this this long baseball season? Ooh man, uh, yeah. So I think I'm gonna go with kind of a cheat answer and pick two moments, but they're both very similar. Okay. Uh, the opponent is the same. The pitcher on the mound is the same, and the results are the same. And it's Kyle Krigger in the last inning of games against LSU. And the reason why I'm picking this is because, you know, this this first one, right, was the the first midweek game of the year. It's like 35 degrees in Ruston. LSU's playing in Ruston, sold out crowd, even though it's, again, 35 degrees for a baseball game, right? <laughs> There's like sleet and stuff coming down, I think. Kyle Krieger comes in for Martinez in the top of the ninth, strikes out McManus, strikes out Morgan, and then forces a ground out to pitcher. And Kyle Krieger's just got his full swag rocking you know he's doing the whole he takes a lap around the around the dirt every time he gets a strikeout and it's just like god the you know the cojones on this kid right like (laughs) my god and then the same shit bottom of the 12th in baton rouge this time tech's only up seven to six after 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 the bell man actually i changed my whole answer it's when taylor young bat flipped on the walk that gave us man the you took mine That's, oh, you, you no. can't take three 
<laughs> Damn. Uh, well, sorry, Nathan. Uh, go, go. All right, I'll scramble while you finish yeah, your third for answer the, for what your favorite play of the year is. Well, look, you gave me the first. You threw me under the bus and made me go first, so I'm, I'm changing my mind three times here. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, just the slider of of Kyle Krieger that nobody could touch. Right. I mean, that bottom of the twelfth. He strikes out three guys swinging in the bottom of the 12th inning, um, including three straight swings for Joe Bear to get the third and final out to give Tech the sweep over LSU, um, you know, once at home, once away. And, uh, you know, just really special moments from this team, um, especially Kyle Krieger. And also, yes, I'm stealing the bat flip as well, because that was fucking awesome. (laughs) Like, I've never seen a more like more of a pimp job on a walk, right? Like, just absolutely <laughs> just flipping that bat like, he deserved it yeah he, <laughs> he did that flip yeah i mean god look at that a bet strike swinging strike swinging ball foul ball 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 and he and th- those were very good pitches that were close and intended to make taylor young bite and he did not so yeah he earned that walk so all right nathan what do you have now that i've stolen not one but two of your favorite moments uh of the year <laughs> And I already took one away, with, which was the walk-off of against course. UTSA. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I'm a sucker for walk-offs. So I'll pick, I believe, the only other walk-off of the entire year. Mm-hmm. And that was against Old Dominion. I, I traveled to Norfolk to watch two of the three games that were played at Old Dominion earlier, earlier in the year. Uh, the first one was lost. The second one was won. But I got to know the team pretty well. Just I recognized all of the names and everything. And so it just felt like during the conference USA tournament, we were due to play old dominion again after how last year ended. We were, we were due to play them three more times. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I guess that's, that's fair. That's cheating a bit, but it, it just felt like a team that we had demons <laughs> from a previous season against where tech led going into the ninth and Kyle Krieger gave up the home run to make it seven to six old dominion. And all of a sudden, Tech went from, we're going to the championship game, Kyle Krieger's on the mound, we're good, to, we may lose this. And if we lose this game, we may not even make the regional round. Yeah. that's. I mean, that, that, that's a that's an ultimate what if. We'll never know. But it's yeah. definitely a possibility that we don't make it. Yeah. I mean, we definitely gave ourselves no other option but to be in, right? So yeah, I'd rather have it that way every year if we could just go ahead and win uh, the conference tournament. Yeah, I mean, I'll, t- I'll take that. Uh, but the way this bottom of the ninth works, we're still Netterville walks, McConnell walks, Corona gets hit by a pitch. Bases are loaded. Bottom of the ninth for Tech against Old Dominion, a team that a year ago they were tied with mm. and went to extra innings and fell to the Monarchs in what felt like the year of destiny. It felt like that took our regional away from us, even though it ended up not being the ultimate factor and we ended up being able to host. But it just felt like if this game goes to extras, it's it's just going to happen again. History is going to repeat itself. We're not making the championship game. And Adarius Myers, who had been great the entire tournament, is the one who I thought was going to deliver us to the promised land of the Conference USA championship game. And he strikes out in three pitches. And Walker Birchfield, a name I would not recognize had I not been doing this podcast, a name that only pitches some, or sorry, that only hits in this spot, depending on who the pitcher is the handedness of the pitcher determines if it's birch birchfield or uh lancaster or lancaster whose name doesn't start with the syllable birch (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, but it's, Wayne it's Birch, Birch. Apparently, a big fan of recruiting kids whose name starts with Birch. Yeah, he's got some Birch trees in his backyard. I just know it. But Birch Field, who I, I couldn't tell you anything about, I would not recognize him in a police lineup. I would not. I don't know his jersey number offhand. And we've been following Tech baseball all year. He's the one to hit the walk off. You yeah. expect Steel Netterville to be the hero in a game. You expect Taylor Young to be the hero in a game. You expect Cole McConnell, the RBI leader for tech all time to be the hero, not Walker Birchfield. And yet it's Walker Birchfield. That's the hero and the semifinal round of the conference USA tournament. And I, I just love it when someone steps up and that's what Walker Birchfield did in this game. Yeah. I mean, that's a very long winded answer, but yeah, no, I I like, I, I love it. I mean, it's, you know, like you said, the only other walk off of the year, you you disqualified the conference championship winning one uh, from from the answer here. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a huge moment. And I think if we lose that game, we're probably not in right now. Yeah. The conference championship game, I think maybe there's still a chance. But, you know, if they end up taking Old Dominion or UTSA from winning that game the next day, and then saying like, oh, well, we're not taking UTSA. So how can we justify taking Louisiana Tech who didn't even make it to the game? Right. Like, you know, I, I could see that happening. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, that was a huge, huge moment. And, you know, for a guy who's new to the team to come up in that spot and and get that done is huge. Um, you know, new to the team as in this year, not like that was his first day. Uh, <laughs> but um but yeah, I'm curious. I mean, I wanted to move into, uh, you know, talking less about moments, more about kind of the the whole the season as a whole, you know, uh, talk about individual performances from this year. And Nathan, I just want to open the floor to you first. Who's your who do you have as the top batter of the year, the t- sort of the offensive player of the year for you? We have newcomer of the year later in the notes, so I'll, I'll save one, I guess. But. I mean, still Netterville is just so much fun to watch. He may not be our best player, but the fact that this guy came back this year, turned down med school to be here and he'll, he'll still go to med school, but still, yeah, that's, that's a big choice. And to come in and have the, have the impact that he did this year, Taylor Young was probably our best player, but I think still Netterville was the one I was most excited to see at the plate. Yeah. I mean, and, and Steel Netterville, just to look at it from a raw stats perspective, he played all 64 of our games this year, uh, batted 313. And also in the field where last year he was not a liability necessarily, but not perfect. You know, last year he actually got relegated to being the uh, designated hitter for a time. And we had Matulia playing in his spot in, in right field. Uh, last year, his fielding percentage was nine uh, eleven. This year, perfect 100%, you know, never had an error out in the field, uh, in right field. So, you know, he really upped his game both at the plate, you know, 62 runs scored, 80 hits, uh, 67 RBIs and 15 home runs. Those are all career highs there, by the way, by like a lot. So, I mean, he really, really had a great year, uh, both in the field and uh, at the plate. So I can't argue with that at all for him to be... Uh, your offensive player of the year for me. I mean, it's tough, Ah, man. I wish we had another person here because I feel like there's two guys who kind of deserve it, but I'm going to go with Taylor young, man, just watching, watching this guy play. Like I said earlier, it's just, uh, you can't say enough about him. I mean, 
just from a stats perspective, right? Again, started and played all 64 games, batted 364, OPS of 1.15, led the team in both categories by quite a lot. 89 runs scored, led the nation, at least last I checked, maybe with all those crazy-ass regionals that there were like 29 (laughs) runs scored by one team in a game. You know, maybe not anymore, but yeah. 89 runs scored, uh, 87 hits. I mean, come on. Uh, 12 home runs to 51 RBIs at, uh, from the leadoff spot. Like, that's that's a lot of RBIs from your leadoff guy. So, man, it, it worked 58 walks. I mean, come on. Like, that's almost double anybody else on the team, right? The next highest is 34. So, <laughs> like, my God. And he got to yeah. hit by 16 pitches. I mean, just every stat I, I keep reading, I'm just like, well, well, I got to say that one. but. Uh, yeah, Taylor Young, incredible year at shortstop as well. You know, it's, it's just hard to overstate what he has meant to this team in this program. So, um, you know, one final shout out to Taylor Young here, I guess, uh, fielding at, at 97% too. So, um, eight errors in looks like, what is it? Is it assists and put out? I don't, I don't know how to read fielding stats, but eight errors, 97% success rate. That's, that's very, very good. Qualified it by saying offensive player there, and then he went into defensive stats. But okay, I guess. Hey, uh, pitcher of the year. Well, yeah, you had you had batter and pitcher as listed in the yeah. notes. So what was I supposed to do with that? You know. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Pitcher of the year, though. Who do you have for Tech? Ooh, man. I feel like I'm just I'm just going chalk here, man. It's got to be Kyle Krieger, right? I mean, yeah, he he didn't have the best conference tournament. He didn't have the best regional, but I think that was like because he was so good, right? Like, you know, like we said, I think on the last episode, you can't expect a guy to go that far and still be able to to put up the kind of numbers that he was putting up. And man, it's just it, it's a bummer for me to look at these stats right now because he he had like, you know, going into the conference tournament, his ERA was like one point three and now it's two point three five. Yeah. Uh, so you know, that that's a little bit of a bummer, but, you know, nine saves on the year, pitched 69 innings in, uh, you know, all in relief, appeared 30, 37 games. I mean, just to to do that, right, is incredible. Um, 1.12 whip, you know, which again would have been a lot lower were we talking about this before, you know, the, the last two weekends. But Kyle Krieger is one of the greats, right? And he should end up as an All-American this year. You know, he was he was top three in the country in ERA and whip all year. And uh, yeah, I mean, just we we absolutely would not have made it this far without him. And, you know, our pitching stats were in the top 25 pretty much all year. And a lot of that is in big part due to him. Um, So when you've got that guy who, you know, you can call on for the eighth and ninth innings uh, in big spots like the LSU game, like I already mentioned, the both LSU games. you know, just picking up huge conference wins as well. Like it's, it's just hard to to overstate how much that meant uh, to this team being as successful as they were. Yeah. Well, you cheated on that first question. So I'll cheat on this one. I'll pick two guys, but they have the same first name, Ryan Jennings and Ryan Harland. Okay. Jennings was our probably only reliable starter all year. Cade Gibson had good games, had bad games. Jonathan Fincher got relegated to the bullpen at some point. Uh, Jarrett Worf ended the season with an ERA above six. We needed a a lights out starter, and Ryan Jennings was as close as we got to it. 
We can't live and die by Kyle Krieger alone. And Ryan Jennings had some great pitching games down the stretch in the conference tournament on Saturdays throughout the season. Uh, Even in that game against Texas that we ended up losing, it wasn't Jennings that that gave that away. Um, And so uh, Jennings is to me, we don't get this far without him. And I think the same can be said for Ryan Harland, although it feels a little bit like the, uh, the Landon Tompkins effect of last year of a guy who started strong and then kind of fell off a little bit by the end of the year. He struggled with, uh, I guess, command a little bit. His walks and hits per innings pitched is still one, which leads the team. Yeah. I mean, again, Kyle Krieger's pitched a lot more and his is only 1.12. Ryan Harland at the end of the year just struggled with giving up a home run every now and then. He ended the season giving up five, which matches Kyle Krieger's total over (laughs) double the amount of innings pitched, basically. Uh, But Harland was a guy who showed up out of nowhere, contributed immediately out of the bullpen, was a setup guy or a guy who he could pitch if Kyle Krieger wasn't available yet. And again, another guy who got us wins and those wins got us the placement into the tournament where it was for conference USA, making sure that we at least got that two seed. And then possibly those wins could have mattered had we needed an at large. So Ryan Jennings, Ryan Harland, those are my pitchers of the year. Yeah. And it's, again, it's hard to, hard to disagree with any of that. And that kind of transitions us into the newcomer of the year. You know, I just wanted to kind of give an opportunity to to talk about somebody, you know, we've waxed on and on about, you know, Steel Netterville, the the Kyle Kriggers, the the Taylor Youngs of the world, right? So, Nathan, do you have somebody who was new to the team this year who you want to kind of shout out as being a an integral part of the success here? Okay, so I'll cheat two rounds in a row. Logan McLeod played for the team <laughs> last year. Even the point of the question, if you're just going <laughs> to. Well, here's the thing. I did my, steal my... three moments earlier, yeah. so I guess, you know, okay, fine. It's also Logan McLeod play, made two starts last year. He played 20 total games. He was a, he was a backup shortstop, which is which is great for him. But I, I don't I don't think of him as being on the team last year. If I think about all the different guys that played on the team. He was yeah. there. He learned. He got. He was able to do things right. in these games. But I consider him a newcomer to the starting lineup, especially. That's and fair. So I think that counts for this question. That's bending. The, it's not cheating. It's bending the rules here. But outside of the defensive player of the year, we needed some bottom of the order bats to set things up. Uh, Wade Elliott was great defensively, but not so great with a bat in his hands. Adarius Myers uh, was also later in the lineup. And while he turned it on for the Conference USA Championship, he wasn't as great as we had hoped he'd be throughout most of the year. And I'm really hoping for next year uh, he can be a leadoff guy for us. But Logan McLeod in the eighth spot for at least the last stretch of the year uh, really kind of came out of nowhere for me and turned into a guy we can kind of count on to get on base. Uh, Drawing walks was something I think he did a lot. Uh, and and had quite a bit of success with drawing 32 walks on the year. Granted, that's not as many as Taylor Young, who had 58. But, but hey, that's, Phillip- that's the reason why Taylor Young has so many RBIs, right? Because he's able to get on on base in the eight spot. So yeah, and and Philip Matulia, who has 32 more at bats. That's not including these walks, I guess, but only has two more walks, and he's the second best on the team. Had Logan McLeod batted second and had the same amount of success, he probably would have had five or six more walks on the season just because he would have seen pitching more, because he would have batted more, because of just the way that lineups work. And so a guy who's able to get on base is instrumental to this team. 
that has bats like Steel Netterville, Taylor Young, Philip Matuli at times, who's able to hit light poles. That mattered so much to this team in a spot that it's easy to overlook in that eight spot. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Um, and, you know, I, I think you're right. He He's played in 18 games last year, but he only started two. And, uh, you know, this year he started and played in all 64 games and also won conference defensive player of the year. So, like, I think that's totally fair. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I, I think at the beginning of this year, if you would ask, like, who do you think the biggest liability is at the plate? It's the answer is probably Logan McLeod going in. And yet, you know, he's he's not the best batter on the team, certainly, but he's he's fourth in batting average here. Right. He's batting 280 like that's not bad. So, you know, you can't you can't be mad about that. Um, And for mine, I mean, I I guess I'm not cheating, but I'm just you already said Ryan Harlan was one of your pitchers of the year. I I think he's the newcomer of the year for me, you know, giving us 42 innings and uh, of of one whip. Um, You know, I think, again, he kind of he wasn't quite as good at the end of the year. I don't know what that was. Is it? fatigue is it you know teams kind of watching tape on him figuring him out i don't know but for a a pretty good chunk of february march and a little bit into april his his era was like 0.3 so i mean like we're winning games because he's going in and and giving uh you know three four innings of work uh so you know i absolutely think he was an integral part of this team and is an integral part of this team moving forward um you know and I don't know what the future holds for him if he's if he's looking to be a starting rotation guy or if he's kind of a career, um, you know, um, if he's a career relief pitcher. I'm not really sure how all that works, to be honest. So uh, but I think the future for Ryan Harland is obviously very bright. And this was his true freshman year and we're getting 42 innings of, you know, he's the third best ERA on the team at the end of the year, you know, and and one of the guys ahead of him only pitched 11 innings. So. Yeah, I'll give it up for that. He reminds me a lot of Jonathan Fincher as a freshman uh, who who was a bullpen guy, wasn't the best bullpen guy, but was a guy that kind of surprised everyone. He was a retro freshman. Fincher was coming out of the bullpen, but turned into a starter, turned into back to bullpen. But probably (laughs) I'd be surprised if Fincher is not at least a weekend starter one of the games next year. Uh, and maybe Ryan Harlan's able to turn his relief success into starting success. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, during the off season, which now we're in, you know, kind of doesn't feel like we're in it yet. Uh, (laughs) The season just ended, but you know, this is as good a time as any to kind of wrap things up by saying, what do we think next year looks like? Obviously we don't know uh, everything about like the MLB draft yet. Like, who who that is not a graduating senior is coming back you know um guys like Matulia Fincher Corona might get drafted and decide to leave so uh McConnell even right so it's hard to say but you know just general thoughts about next year you know maybe do we keep up our success or or uh or fall back a little bit what do you think I don't know what I answered this question with last year but I know we probably all said that we would fall back some this year. It's hard yeah. to 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 live up to that regional host thing. And we did, I guess. We didn't host a regional. We were a two seed rather than a one yeah, seed in a regional. Technically, we fell back. We fell from a one seed to a two seed, which I don't think is what we meant when we said we would fall back. Yeah, I think we expected a lot worse. I don't think we thought we would even make a regional going into this year. 
uh, let alone win the conference right uh, at the same time we've got some some guys to replace i know you mentioned a few of them but just Cade gibson ryan jennings taylor young jackson lancaster Jarrett wharf kyle krigger still netterville are all listed as seniors on this team um and those are mm, that's a that's, lot that's a lot to replace um we get we may get some transfers in we may see oh, some guys definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, oh yeah we'll definitely see, we may see some transfers come in and make an immediate impact uh, we may see walker birchfield who we mentioned earlier who's the transfer from Tulane, and make more of an impact next year maybe with more playing time breeds more success bryce wallace was a guy who i kind of expected to see some for this year some improvement for this year uh fourth year guy he played a few games. He actually started a few too, but never really lit it up. But Cole McConnell's back. Uh, the guy who who set the RBI records back. It's not like we don't have any any talent left. I'm just kind of scrolling through the roster on the website right now. But it's really hard to replace those seniors got those senior guys. But I think we make a regional again next year. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it's just so hard to say right now because we're going to get transfers in. We're going to get probably some high profile transfers. Now, if Lane Burroughs was to take another job, I think the answer absolutely is that. Oh, yeah. It's no. going to take some time for us to get back. Um, I, I think we would. I think our job would be, you know, attractive. And I mean, it, we we could easily promote one of our two assistant coaches that we have right now and be pretty in pretty decent shape. But still, you know, what Lane Burroughs has built is special. And, you know, I hope that we're talking, you know, about him continuing on in this position. And I, I don't have any reason to believe otherwise at this point, but, you know, I, I think the team definitely has some needs, right. In terms of, you know, replacing some of these guys, like you mentioned, uh, we're going to need a closer, <laughs> for example, <laughs> yeah. right. Maybe that guy's already on the team, but maybe not. So, you know, it, it, it'll be interesting to see who we pick up, who we target in the off season, you know, as with all sports right now, there's going to be a lot of uh, transfer portal movement. Baseball's a little weird because you don't have scholarships to give to everybody who probably deserves to be on scholarship. But, you know, that hasn't stopped us before. I, I think you're right. Lane train keeps rolling. We're in another regional. And hopefully, I mean, hopefully we're hopefully we're winning the conference again. I mean, you know, uh, two of the of the semifinalists from this year are leaving the conference effective you know, in two weeks from now. So, you know, even if we take a slight step back, I think we're still in pretty good shape in, in terms of like getting into the conference tournament and then making some noise. So I would love to see us, you know, back in a regional close enough for me to go to three in a row. Let's do it. Speaking of regional, I want to call out something very quickly because tech hosted that regional in Ruston last year. I've been to that stadium, not for the regional, but for a couple other games a year ago. And it's a beautiful stadium. This isn't going to be harping on that. But I think I didn't realize how nice that stadium was until I went to Old Dominion Stadium is not great. They're trying to raise some money to build a roof for it, I think, over the uh, the stands. Texas has looked nice on TV. I'm sure it probably was in person. That there's That's a, yep. a lot of money yep. pumped into that baseball stadium. The nicest thing about it, which I forgot to I forgot to cover in our recap episode. Uh, nicest thing about it was they had free water refill stations with yeah. little, you know, Dixie cups that you could fill up. Um, on Sunday, I literally would have either spent like $50 on water bottles or died. <laughs> like those were yeah. the only two options. So shout out to them. Uh, every stadium in the country should do that. Um, water is 
not something that should cost a lot of money. So yeah. uh, shout out to Texas for doing that. Also, their stadium was pretty nice. So yeah. anyway, Maryland, though, with Maryland. Not so nice. not nice. Uh, so I had a free morning Friday morning. So I went to the Maryland or the game at Maryland, which is like a half hour drive from me. And I'd never been to a regional game before, and Tech was playing all the way down in Texas, so I figured I'd, I'd head to this one. It was Wake Forest versus UConn. UConn won the game. It was, it was exciting enough, but it made me appreciate how nice J.C. Love Field is. Uh, none of the seats had seat backs. None of uh, the this, seats. None of the seats. Wow. The stadium was probably half the size, seating-wise, as J.C. Love Field. Wow. This is a Big Ten school in Maryland, the Terrabins. Uh The dugouts... A lot of dugouts, you're kind of like you either build down into the ground a little bit and have steps up. That way you can have like a full roof above the players or you have the stadium built in a way that it like, I, I don't believe J.C. Lafield goes down into the ground for the dugouts. But the stands go to where the top, the the row right in front of the dugout or right behind the dugout. You can still sit there and see over the dugout because of the way it's set up. That's not true here. The first four rows on behind either dugout had obstructed views where you're not able to see pretty much any of the baseball field. Wow. Uh, they had really two dumb. concession stands inside the stadium. Uh, the line, it was basically you had one row of people. You could either wait in line for concessions or you could walk past people to get to your seat and there's no other room on the concourses. It was just, I, I don't want to harp too much on it, even though I kind of have, but it makes me very grateful for the stadium that tech has. Even old JC left field was better about some of this stuff. Oh wow! Uh, it 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 was it was bad, and it really makes me think that wait, if they were able to host a regional, I remember the talk about is we want to build a stadium that's able to host a regional, and it's like, well, Maryland just did it, and it was not great. Uh, I had actually been wanting to see a game in Maryland for at Maryland for a while, just go for a regular game during the season, just never got around to it, and I unless Tech happens to play here, I don't think I'll want to go back to that stadium. Yeah. That'd be cool, though, if we went to play there, but I don't yeah. see why we would do that. Yeah, play uh, them in football. That'd be more fun. Yeah. But yeah, that, that that's my anecdote about uh, <laughs> about regionals. It was it was nice to go to a game, but it was also only $15 for a one session pass. So uh can't complain too much about that. I spent more on parking than on the ticket for the game. Uh, <laughs> one thing I want to do before we, we wrap this part up, I want to list some of the freshmen on this team. Evan, I want you to pick one that you think will have the biggest impact next year. Okay, I'm just going to go based on name power alone, so go And for I'm it. removing some of the names you may recognize. Okay. Colton Hedgewood, Jeffrey Incy, or Inc. Okay. Slade Netterville. Ooh. Caden Copeland, the pitcher. Baylor Cobb, the catcher. Kyle Walker, an infielder. Jack Q, an outfielder. Jack Parks, another outfielder. Jackson Walker, an outfielder. And Connor Mulhern, an infielder. Uh... I'm Those going, are all guys on our team no, no, this no. year. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going with, uh, and I don't know how to pronounce his name, but Jeffrey Ince or Ince, uh, uh He is the one that transferred. So this is kind of cheating. He, yeah. he he transferred from either Ole Miss or Mississippi State, and Mississippi was State. and was potentially going to be starting at shortstop, and we were going to leave Taylor Young at second base if that happened. Uh, you know, potentially, right? But he was not granted a year of eligibility. So uh, he seems like the real deal. So I think he's uh, he's the one there, um, you know. But, I mean, do you want to pick somebody before I, st- before I say what I was going to say and just steal your thunder again? You might, because I 
for the first question, when I picked my favorite uh, offensive player or batter or whatever, I picked Steel Netterville. And I'll go full circle and pick Slade Netterville, his yeah. younger brother. <laughs> That's exactly what I was about to do to you. So I'm glad yeah. that I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> who, yeah. who knows how this team will look next year. But if Steele was any proof and Steele walked onto this team, Steele was not a, a blue blood transfer from Mississippi State like Jeffrey Inc. or NC or, or eventually we'll have a good way to pronounce his name. Yeah. Uh, Someday. Hopefully. Uh, but... If Steele was able to just work his way into the starting lineup and into a spot to be able to walk off to win a conference championship, I at least expect that from Slade. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, no, no pressure. No pressure. Slade. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, uh, it's just super cool that, like, uh, Mrs. Netterville is going to be around for another yeah. several years, right? Like, um, did you know her connection to tech? Yeah. She's uh, Tommy Spinks's daughter right yeah i didn't know that when i met her (laughs) so one of the one of the best uh tech i think wide receivers right yeah he caught passes from terry bradshaw yeah uh so so bulldog blood strong in that family yeah uh you know steel steel netterville going out as one of the top uh players you know in in bulldog history here and his grandfather is one of the greatest football players in bulldog history so uh yeah, so Slade, no pressure, bud. <laughs> no pressure at no, all, good sir. Absolutely not. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of the Go Tech Please Don't Die podcast. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at G-O-T-E-C-H-P-L-S-D-N-T-D-I-E. Or head to our blog where, you know, there might be a new story up by the time this show comes out. Not doing any called shots because those never work out for me. But maybe. Uh, maybe. Or even if not, there's the shop, gtpdd.dog slash shop, where you can still buy the Pride themed June shirt of the month collection, I guess is how I'm categorizing that. Uh, get some Pride shirts. They're fun. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think you're, you're donating uh, part of the proceeds from that. Is that right? Right. Yeah. I haven't actually tweeted that part out yet, but I might have by the time this episode comes out because that's the fun thing about recording in advance. Uh, $2 from each shirt uh, will go to the Trevor Project. So again, if you want to buy one of those shirts, help support a good cause and look fashionable while doing it, gtpdd.dog slash shop. Yep. And until next time, I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. And I'm Matt. And go tech. Please don't die. another moment that kind of jumped out to you from this this long baseball season Ooh man uh to throw you under the not under the bus but throw you in the fire real quick yeah give me give me one second here yeah i'm pulling up the play-by-play from one of the games so i make sure i get this right yeah um i'm gonna go actually hold on i'm not ready yet